Thanks for joining us on episode 1,399 of the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. I'm Morgan McCarver. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to discover your own creativity is key, and one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend Scott Mater. And a lot of it is just working around my limitations and focusing on my abilities. And so most of my work is not done on the pottery wheel just because that is so challenging for me. So I'll pick one day a month to be on that wheel and to knock out everything I need to throw for the month just because I know what it does to my body. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In today's podcast, I interview Morgan McCarver. I asked Morgan about her journey from scoliosis surgery to Potter. I also asked Morgan how her faith journey was affected by her physical journey and her experiences as a Potter. And Morgan also shares how this brought her to write her book, God the Artist. I've got a new book coming out called Inspired Living, Assembling the Puzzle of Your Call by Mastering Your Time, Your Talent, and Your Treasures. You can find out more about it and sign up for getting more information over at inspiredstewardship.com, Inspired Living. That's inspiredstewardship.com, Inspired Living. Morgan McCarver was born and raised in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Her work is inspired by her female mentors of past and present, as well as her connection to Victorian corsetry through her scoliosis journey. She received an art degree with a ceramics concentration and a double minor in art history and business in 2019 from Anderson University in Anderson, South Carolina. Morgan has had the honor of receiving the 2019 Outstanding Art Major Ceramics Award her senior year. As a 2020 701 Center for Contemporary Art Prize finalist, she had the honor of being the youngest artist to ever make it that far. She is a multi-award-winning artist who recently received an artist support grant to attend a national ceramics conference. She's had the honor of displaying her work in two solo exhibitions. She recently completed a residency at Edgewood Cottage in Blowing Rock in the summer of 2023. McCarver has studios in Asheville, North Carolina and Spartanburg, South Carolina. Her art can be found at various galleries around the Carolinas and Tennessee. Her first book, God the Artist, Revealing God's Creative Side Through Pottery, was released January 9th of 2024. Welcome to the show, Morgan. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So I shared some in the intro about a little bit about your journey, where you came from, and some of the things that you've dealt with. But I always tell people that 
basically I think of intros and bios and all of those things as like the Instagram version of our life. We always want to make sure we frame it and get the dirty laundry out of the background of the picture before you take the picture. So let's talk a little bit more about your your journey and and what brought you to where you are today. Of course. So basically, I probably should just start with my testimony. I grew up in a Christian home and I gave my heart to Jesus when I was about seven years old. And from then, it was relatively a normal Christian childhood growing up in the South. My parents took me to church and I believed in Jesus, but my faith really became my own and really became real to me when I had scoliosis, spinal fusion surgery. And so I had known I'd been diagnosed with scoliosis about three years prior. I had been wearing back bracing. And then I knew that I was going to have surgery about a year before it happened. And that was really hard to learn because I knew going into it, I wasn't in pain. And for those who don't know what scoliosis is, basically my spine wasn't growing straight like it's supposed to. It was growing from side to side. So I had three different curves in my back that were progressively getting worse by degrees as I was growing. And the doctors wanted to wait until I finished that last growth spurt and then take care of the situation before it got worse. Because at that point, it was starting to impact my organs. My lung capacity wasn't as a hundred percent, so to speak. Basically, my spine was rotating as it was twisting. And so going into all of this, I knew this was going to be a major traumatic surgery. It was going to incorporate my entire spine. I actually have two titanium rods and about 18 screws in my back. And that is really when I became a stronger Christian. I became praying to God or began praying to God and saying, Lord, please don't let this happen. I really don't want the surgery and I know you can heal people, but that wasn't the case for me. I still had to have the surgery and walking through that, I knew that was the Lord's will and that he was with me, but I didn't know why. And I was just very frustrated. That's what my life had become. Uh, it was a year long recovery process. I wasn't allowed to dance during that time. And I had been dancing competitively. I was at the top of my game, all of this stuff that I couldn't do anymore. And so basically that's when I discovered pottery and my love for ceramics. And my mom had signed me up for a creative outlet, so to speak, just to get me out of the house and let me do something. And that's basically when my faith started to become my own. So all of that to say, that's the background of my story. And that's how I've gotten to where I am today. Mm -hmm. So talk a little bit more about the pottery. When did you begin your, your pottery journey? It really did begin. I had dabbled with like clay. Every child has clay at some point, I feel. Like. But my under instruction, my real ceramics experience began during that year-long recovery process. I took that pottery class and I really just fell in love with it. The connection of the clay, just that relationship, it's one-on-one, it's so personal, you're directly touching the clay. And I was able to get all of that flexibility and freedom in the clay that I couldn't get out of my physical body during that time. And it was just so amazing. Just I could create whatever I wanted to create. And I'd grown up loving art and different creative processes too. My grandmother had made like homemade Play-Doh for us when we were growing up. And so I really say that's my very beginnings, but (laughs) really under an instructional sense, so to speak, it was after my scoliosis surgery, I 
came full circle in that way and went from homemade Play-Doh to actual clay that you could fire in a kiln. And I just kept signing up for classes. Mm -hmm. So how do you think your, you talked a little bit about your faith journey and the scoliosis, but let's extend that step as you began to work with the pottery and the clay. How do you think that affected your, your understanding of your relationship with God and, and your faith as well? That's a great question. Throughout the whole process, I feel like there's been times that my relationship as the potter to the clay I'm working with helps me see God's relationship to me as me being the clay and God being the potter. And it's just so beautiful to recognize those moments. And I don't know if I recognized them so early on in the process. I think it was just new and I was experimenting and having so much joy in the process. But looking back on that, I believe that God was giving me that joy because He gave me that creativity. And so I was honoring God just by finding the joy in the process as well and finding a love and a passion in the talents that He gave me and using them in that way and honing my skills. I ended up going to college for ceramics and all of these things, just pursuing that craft and pursuing that passion that God gave me. I believe that was honoring Him through that. But now that I'm in the studio and I'm more focused on that because of God, the artist, the book. And even before I had written the book, God was starting to reveal to me all of these little beautiful things in the studio that directly relate to my faith life. And it's just so powerful to see something that is so symbolic and so directly evident in my life. All of these different references of the clay doesn't decide what it's going to be. I have to go into that studio. I go in with confidence. I go in with a plan and I do to the clay what I want to do to the clay. And that's exactly how God handles our lives. He goes into our lives with confidence and with a plan. And we, as the clay, so to speak, don't really get a whole lot of say, which can be hard. Like with my scoliosis experience, I didn't, I wanted to not have the surgery and I prayed for that. And that's not what God gave me. But recognizing now that He gave me what I needed is just so much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And I think too that you have those moments where the, the clay seems to be fighting you today you know? <laughs> and maybe oh, not, yes. go, not going the way that you thought it was going to go. But how do you deal <laughs> with that? So you get to see some of that frustration, I'm sure as well. Exactly. Yes. People will say like the clay has a mind of its own or it can smell your fear or whatever. And sometimes it does feel like that. And especially in the studios, I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. And so the weather, the weather just differs so much here. So one day it'll be rainy and humid, and that means my clay is not going to dry like I thought it would. And then the next day it'll be really cold, and so the heaters have been on all night, and now my clay's dried out. Or whatever it is, there's always some kind of battle of figuring out what you need to do in that moment. You can't necessarily plan ahead. You can have a plan, but you just have to recognize that it could probably and will probably change which I feel like is very, again, it's very symbolic of life. We have a plan going on and who's to say that plan will actually be carried out. It's amazing to just recognize the symbolism and to be in the studio and for the Holy Spirit to just give me these little nuggets of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about the book. You mentioned you've got a book, God the Artist. It's also published by Morgan James, the same company that's publishing my book that's out later this year. And 
talk a little bit about what was the inspiration for writing a book called God the Artist and focusing on that part of the faith and your, and your journey? Basically, it all started when I was graduating college. I had gone to a Christian university. It was the ceramics, the South Carolina School of the Arts. So I got a ceramics degree and I loved it. It was a great program. My professors really pointed me back to God throughout my work, but I was about to lose that entire community. As you do when you graduate college, you lose that friend group and those professors in that kind of safe bubble. And I was about to just enter into the real world, so to speak. And I wasn't, I was looking for a devotion book, I guess is the best way to say it. I was looking for a devotion book that I could read that was really directly related to Potter's and talked about these references that I was starting to pick up on in the Bible and that the professors were starting to help me recognize. And I couldn't really find what I was looking for at the time, which was really frustrating because I thought, surely there's so many Bible verses, surely there's something out there. And I couldn't find anything. And at that point, I felt the Holy Spirit telling me just to start taking notes and to start reading through the Bible because I hadn't read through the Bible all the way through. Even though I had been a Christian for so many years, that was just something I had never done. And so I started reading through the Bible and I started jotting down those references. And I tried to get the first manuscript published back in 2019. And it was such a rough manuscript. It was so different than what it is today. And it didn't really go anywhere. It basically, one publisher had reached out at the time and they said I'd need to pay a lot of money and have an editor come in and pretty much rewrite the whole thing. And it was rough. And at the time, I think I actually titled it Clay to Clay, which shows you like it's the reference of from dust to dust, but it was not as uplifting as it is now. I was a lot more, I think I was a lot more cynical because I was still in that place of not understanding why God allowed these things to happen. And I pretty much left my scoliosis story out of the book entirely. And I prayed a lot about it when I got that kind of rejection in that way of saying, you're not really qualified to write this. We need someone to write it for you. I prayed a lot because I didn't have that kind of money to just pay for someone else to write it. And I felt like the Holy Spirit was telling me to just put this on hold, come back to it when you have more experience. And I thought that meant decades down the line, but that really didn't. It meant just a couple of years. And in that span of time, I worked for a ceramic supply company, doing customer service, help desk type things. I was loading kilns, learning that process even better. I was teaching private lessons, teaching group classes. Of course, the teacher learns just as much through teaching. So learning all these things as I'm going along. And then I got the opportunity to move to Asheville. I was in South Carolina at that time. So I moved to a completely different state to work for a potter as a studio assistant for a year and a half. And so all of these things, I didn't realize it at the time, but God was giving me all of these experiences in such quick succession that I was able to write this book basically in January of 2023. I felt like the Holy Spirit was calling me to revisit um, the manuscript. So I pulled it back out and pretty much rewrote the whole thing in about two and a half weeks. I reached out to some publishers. And at that point, I was just praying, Lord, I've tried this before and it didn't go anywhere. And I know nothing about publishing a book. I, I know pottery. So if you want this to go anywhere, this is going to have to be from you. And it can only be from you because I don't know what I'm doing. 
And there was one publisher that reached out, Morgan James Publishing, like you said, and Terry Wallen was my contact. And he said, this is great, but it's too short. And I loved that feedback. <laughs> it sounds weird, but I loved it <laughs> because that was something tangible. Like, oh, you want more? I can give you more. That's something I can do. And so I did. I spent about a week and a half to practically double the word count, sent it back as an application. And then when I got that acceptance letter, it was, I knew it was from the Lord. It was just so crazy. And the rest has just been a wild ride since then. Mm-hmm. That, that, puts a lot of, of emphasis here. You mentioned a long list of things that you've been doing over the last few years. And then now, of course, you know, again, I know this from my own experience with the book, there's time demands because of the book. You've got, you know, you mentioned faith and church and those sorts of things. You still want to be doing pottery. You've got work that you do. You've got all of these different things and time demands on your life. How do you find yourself working through what is the balance, what is the harmony between all of these different competing needs of your time? That's a hard one. And I think it's really just approaching it. I do approaching the clay in the studio, seeing what needs to be done in the moment. Sometimes the moment means the whole day. I can plan that far ahead one day. And sometimes that means quite literally in the moment, what needs to be done right now. And like you said, it's a lot to balance. And some days, some things are more of a priority than other days. And that's just how it goes. Thankfully, with the flow of ceramics, there's really a surge in the fall and the winter to get ready for festivals. And so I was giving a lot more priority to making and creating, doing those festivals during that time. And now that it's more of the winter after Christmas, sales have slowed down for until the spring pretty much. And so I'm able to have that studio time to contribute towards God, the artist, the book and getting that out. But it's just remembering that I am honoring God through all of this and to constantly point back to him and to recognize that he is um, giving me all of these beautiful gifts and to just honor him through that. And how does the physical journey that you have with the scoliosis, the surgery, the I'm sure that affects your day-to-day life as well. Today, just because the surgery's done doesn't mean the journey's over, if that makes right. sense. How does that affect your journey as a business owner, as somebody who works, as, you know, again, doing all of these different things? How does that physical journey intersect with that? It depends. Pottery is very physical, and that's one of the reasons why I stopped working as a studio assistant, because I was giving all of my time to ceramics, pretty much. I would go and work for that potter for a full day and then go into my own studio in the evenings. And 10, 12-hour physical days, people don't realize how physical pottery really is. A box of clay is 50 pounds, and so we're that's the starting point. Just to get your clay into the studio, you've got 50 pounds. And going on from there, bending over the pottery wheel, there's a lot of different elements that are physically challenging for me. And a lot of it is just working around my limitations and focusing on my abilities. And so most of my work is not done on the pottery wheel, just because that is so challenging for me. So I'll pick one day a month to be on that wheel and to knock out everything I need to throw for the month just because I know what it does to my body. But most of my work is actually made through molds and I make my own plaster molds. I make my own prototypes. 
<laughs> I like to control things. I like to have my hand in every aspect of my creative process. And basically I can do all of that standing, which really does help. And I have some cushy mats to stand on, which helps even more. But it's really about figuring out what I can do and really using leverage like you learned in school, how leverage works, using that to my advantage. So instead of just picking something straight up off the ground, what can I slide it on to then lift it? Or what can I use? What is around me? And again, getting creative in using things around me to be able to get the end goal or just simply ask for help, which is something I need to do more often, probably. <laughs> yeah, I think oftentimes we get taught that lesson and eventually hopefully learn it is when to ask for help on things. So thinking about the uh, book a little bit, somebody has heard a little bit about your journey and maybe they've heard a little bit about the book. Who do you see the audience for the book? Who do you think is somebody that, that would really resonate with the message that you're sharing? I always say you don't have to be a potter or a Christian to read the book. I pretty much go through both as we go along. And so I would say anyone who is wanting to really tap into their own creative processes, whatever that might be, whether it's artistic or culinary, there's so many different ways to be creative. And I really just encourage the reader to discover their own creativity through that. Basically, the book is set up how you walk through ceramics, you get deeper and deeper into the process. And along the way, you're getting deeper and deeper into those scriptural references and into my faith journey and my testimony. And my hope is that as you're learning about pottery and all of these technical aspects, you're able to use that knowledge to understand these Bible verses from a deeper level. Um, and I just think that's so powerful. And it's just amazing that there are so many references in the Bible, honestly, to be able to have a whole book about it. It's just beautiful. So I've got a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before I ask you those, is there anything else about your pottery journey, your faith journey, or the book, God, the artist that you'd like to share? That's a great question. I would say that probably just to recognize that everyone is creative. I think that's something that's hard for people to learn. And people will come up to me at the at festivals or at different things and just tell me, like right to my face, they'll just be like, oh, I'm not a creative person and I can't do this. And okay, you know, that maybe you can't, but that doesn't mean you're not a creative person. And it just breaks my heart when people tell me that because I believe that everyone is creative. And I believe this because God created us in his image and he's a creative God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. We start learning about God at the very beginning of Genesis, learning that he is a creator God and that he is the artist and he is the ultimate imagination for the world. And that's just so powerful to recognize that he put that same creativity in all of us and that we have that to use at our disposal to honor him it's beautiful. And so I would say that people think they have to be the best to be creative. And I think social media has really hurt us in that way that you feel like you're not being creative unless you're the best at your field. And I would say I'm not the best at my field. I know a lot more famous potters, a lot of potters who sell more than I do. And that doesn't disqualify me from being a potter. And it doesn't 
discredit me from my work. And I think that's so important to remember that God is giving us all of these beautiful gifts to honor him, not to be the best in the world. So my brand is inspired stewardship, and I run things through that lens of stewardship. And yet I've discovered that's one of those words that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So I love to ask all of my guests this, what does the word stewardship mean to you? And and what's your, how's that impact your life? That's a great question. I would say pottery obviously is very tangible, very physical. And so there's a lot of tools that go into it. It takes up a lot of space, which is constantly the bane of my existence, trying to figure out how to not make it take up so much space. But I would say being a good steward is being a good steward of what God has given you. And so whether that is being your talents or being your tools, I like to keep a really clean studio. For one, that's just for health purposes. If you're breathing in clay dust, that's actually silica, which is not great for your lungs. You can get silicosis. So from a practical standpoint, it's great to keep a clean studio. But also other people, I share studio space. So other people are walking around seeing what I'm doing. And if I am not taking care of what God has given me, then they're noticing that and they're seeing that. And that is my witness to them if they aren't Christians or even if they are and they're seeing my space. This is how Morgan takes care of the space. So I'm constantly keeping that in mind and trying to present a clean, calm atmosphere, a nice studio space, something that feels welcoming. But then also for the things that are not tangible that you can't see, I think it's important to be a steward of your own testimony. And I'm guilty. I didn't do that for 10 years after my scoliosis experience. I did not talk about it. I didn't want to focus on the fact that I was different than everyone else. I just wanted to blend in and I hoped everyone would forget it. And recognizing that coming out of that over a decade later and seeing God gave me this story so that I could have these experiences so that he would allow me to write this book and that I could share my testimony with others. And I've been doing a terrible job at it for so long. And to recognize that I wasn't a good steward with my testimony that God had given me because I didn't accept it as a beautiful gift that he had given me. I saw it as a curse in a way. Um, that was really hard. And I feel like I'm playing catch up now, just trying to share my story as much as possible to show the glory of God and to show his grace and goodness and that he had a plan for everything. Because most people don't go from a major back surgery straight into ceramics. That's not usually the common path, but that's the path that God gave me. And I know that can only be from him. And so why have I been silent for so long? I've not done well. I have not been a good steward of my own story. And I'm hoping that God the Artist and sharing my testimony like on these podcasts will help me just be able to give back to God and honor Him in that way. So this is my favorite question that I like to ask everybody. Imagine for a minute that I invented this magic machine, and with the machine, I could pluck you from where you are today and transport you into the future, maybe 150, maybe 250 years. But through the power of this machine, you were able to look back and see your entire life and see all of the ripples, all of the connections, all of the impacts you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've had in the world? Wow. I know a lot of people like that's your desire to leave some kind of legacy and pottery does last a long time. So I'd love to think that my pieces were treated as heirlooms and have survived for a couple decades or even a century or something. 
but really I would love to think that I could encourage people in their own walks with God and that in their own creative processes to discover a passion for God because I rec- I'm an introvert and I don't always see ways to serve in the church. And that was really hard for me to find a way that I could fit in at the church um, to honor God in that way. And so recently I had taken a spiritual gifts class. I learned um, that my gift really is in knowledge, which I guess shouldn't have been as a surprise as it was. But I thought, how do I I don't want I don't want to sing in the choir. I don't want to be a door greeter. Both of those are very extroverted. How do I honor God? And so recently I've been serving through helping with the youth. I help lead the seventh grade girls. And my goal is just to encourage them in their own walks with God and to help them recognize that the, your relationship with God is just so personal. And He meets you where you are and shows you things how you learn best. So how I'm seeing all these references in the pottery studio, he understands that that's how my brain works and that's how we're able to connect in that way. And so my hope is that I'm able to provide that for these girls growing up and for the youth program in general, we're going to start offering pottery classes. And I feel like that's just so beautiful to come full circle and be teaching students who are basically my age when I first discovered pottery and went through everything with scoliosis. Um, I'll be giving them that introduction into ceramics and hoping that they're able to find a passion in the arts and to um, connect with God through that as well. And so I guess I would say my legacy would be, I would love for people to recognize that art and God go hand in hand and God has given us the artistry and the skills to recognize his love and to have a closer relationship with him. And I really hope that message just transcends through time and people are able to um, learn from that. So what's on the roadmap? What's coming next for you as you continue on this journey through the rest of the year? Through the rest of the year. Wow. Like I said before, I usually take it day by day, (laughs) but um, I would say, I know I do have a um, solo exhibition coming up for 2024. follow me for more details on that. I don't want to give too much away, but I have a solo exhibition. I've got some book signings coming up. You never know. I've done a residency in Blowing Rock for the past two years, so I'm hoping to be able to continue that. And Blowing Rock, North Carolina is just so beautiful. If you ever get up that way, the mountains are just amazing. But really, it's just promoting God the artist and sharing my story and glorifying God through my testimony. You can find out more about Morgan over at morganmccarver.com. I'll have a link to that over in the show notes as well. Morgan, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? Thank you for listening. Number one, if you've made it this far, I really appreciate you taking your time out of the day to hear my story. And I would just encourage you to discover your own creativity, whatever that might be, and to recognize that God has given you that beautiful creative process I didn't recognize that for so long. I Like in the New Testament, I wanted to be the pot who cried out to God and wanted something else and changed me into a different pot. But that's not the path that God gave me. And Sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it takes years to recognize that the things you think are the darkest moments are the things that God's given you for a reason. Job recognized it. It took him a while too. And I wish it didn't take me 10 years. So I would just encourage you 
to pray to God and say, what are you trying to show me through this? Why are you giving me this hardship? And to recognize that he will, he'll honor that. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.